Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Good morning, Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us this morning. We uh, look forward to hearing from you, and I've already heard from some this morning on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Looks like uh, Bullfighter had a full weekend. He uh, says he kept all the men and women bull riders safe this weekend, but sore as heck today. Good weekend, though. And then he posted a picture as well. Cool. Okay. So Glad that... to hear he made it out alive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Isn't that, you know, it's funny because sometimes you try to survive the week to get to the weekend, okay? Bullfighter tries to survive the weekend to get to the week. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Right. You know when you when you kind of take a look at what he's what he's doing out there, it's uh, that's not that's not something none of us could do. I mean, we might be able to provide counseling for somebody, or you know, you can kind of lean on our shoulder, so to speak, and we'll do the best that we can to console you. But in terms of going out and um, separating the bulls from the bullfighters um, and the and the bull riders, that's that is not something that we uh, we should attempt. I, I wouldn't say for mere mortals to attempt it. I mean, bullfighter is above that. Above mere know? mortal? Yes. No, right, I mean, he's right. got, you know, uh, superhero status. Okay. Yeah. Hey, um, I met somebody this weekend uh, who uh, is the father-in-law to one of our uh, fine uh, Double T 97.3 and 100.7 The Score teammates. I met Clint Scott's father-in-law this weekend. Okay. And that's how he introduced himself to me. He's like, I'm Clint Scott's father-in-law. I'm like, oh, it's very nice to meet you. Okay. So he's, he seemed quite happy with uh, with Clint. So I think he... <laughs> I can imagine he would be. Felt like he's got a good find there. So... He's a quality dude. He's a quality dude. But anyway, he was, mm-hmm. uh, he was, he was nice. He was happy. He extended the right hand of fellowship. And uh, we, had, uh, we had good words and, uh, and then moved on. Moved on about our business. So that was uh, that was fun. Saturday morning, I was at an event and he was there and he just said, "Hey, just wanted to meet you. I'm Clint Scott's father-in-law." Well, it's very very nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have met him before though, uh, in a different in a different venue. He just he looked familiar to me, but I didn't I didn't have uh, didn't have time to uh, have further conversation or break that down. I think he was off to whatever it was that he was doing. Um, but I, I, you know, you, you know how you meet people and you go, God, I think I've met this guy before. Do you ever have that feeling? No. Sure. Okay. Sure. okay. Yeah. All right. So I want to get your, I want to get your take on something here. And this is, uh, this is little league, uh, baseball. This is, uh, going back to last week. We did not discuss this last Friday because I don't think I, I didn't stay up and watch this game. Um, uh, and I, it just wasn't on my radar um friday morning but you know over the weekend kind of read a little bit about it and uh, just and now there's now there's further discussion on it so oregon and washington state played last week the winner of this game goes to the little league world series in williamsport okay okay and um at the the last play of the game uh the game was in extra innings it was the bottom of the inning the winning run, potential winning run for Washington State was on first base. Uh, the batter at the plate hits a high chopper down the third base line, and it was only a question of whether it would be fair or foul. The third base umpire, who's watching the ball, immediately raises both of his hands up, both of his arms up. That's the universal signal for foul ball, right? Sure. Okay. Apparently, even Jessica Mendoza, who was working the game, said it was very clear that the umpire had ruled foul. At that particular point in time, every Oregon player in the field relaxed and stopped going after the ball because the third base umpire had ruled it foul. The third base coach, though, for Washington State, who was 10 to 15 feet from that same umpire, who raised his arms, must have heard the home plate umpire who signaled that it wasn't foul because then he started giving the wind-up sign for his runner to go from first 
all the way around third and home to score. Um, the umpire that had signaled the ball foul and the team in the field relied on that call, so they didn't pursue it. They assumed that it was foul. So after several agonizing moments, the home plate umpire ruled that the batted ball was fair because they got together to review the video and that the winning run had scored on the play and the game was over. So Washington State advances to Williamsport and Oregon goes home. Wow. I can't imagine how devastated those kids were. Right. Um, I'm not going to try to act like I'm a rules expert here because I would assume that those umpires who are looking at the replay are. Mm-hmm. Okay? But as far as I'm concerned, um, replay, no replay. If an umpire blows the whistle and the play dead, uh-huh. that's when we come up with the stupid comment of inadvertent whistle. Play play dead. Okay. Inadvertent whistle. Inadvertent is official umpire code for wrong time. Mm-hmm. I missed the call. But it kills everything. They say inadvertent like it was an accident. No, you blew it at the wrong time. You didn't trip, fall, and blow the whistle. Right. You blew it at the wrong time. Right. And it sounds like that's what happened here, and you could 1,000% understand why everybody stopped playing in the field. Sure. If an umpire is either blowing his whistle or yelling foul, foul, and raising his arms, mm-hmm. play is dead. And you just say, sorry, we messed up the call, but the play is dead. Even if the ball was going to be fair. You say, sorry, we messed up the call. So you, you think- give them a chance. So, But I guess my confusion is how when they went over to the monitor to look at it, do they not see here this guy yelling foul, right. foul, mm-hmm. which means all bets are off. It doesn't matter how wrong it is. Mm-hmm. If he calls it dead, it's dead. But again, I'm not a rules expert, so I, I don't know what they figured out when they went over there or were, if they were just flat out wrong. That's that's really... It's not about looking at the replay and seeing if the ball was fair or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. If he calls the play dead, Yeah, it's dead. And you say, you can look at the replay and say, inadvertent whistle, blew it at the wrong time, whatever. Right. Our bad, we messed up. But you give the team a chance to, you know, so, so maybe a pitcher's got to make another big pitch and get another ground ball, sure. whatever, but at least they have a chance. And it's not like the guy was on third base. The guy was on first base. And it's clear the only reason he would have no way would have scored would, would, right. ne- would have never scored from first base yeah. in, on on a, on a even if it's ruled a fair ball and the left fielder comes up with the ball blah 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 yeah you know that he would he yeah. would have had to have a lot of bumbling yeah you know he would have had a lot of assumptions so so now here's here's what's out there the Oregon State coach has now suggested that uh, Williamsport bring both teams to the Little League World Series to compete. In other words, that Oregon and Washington State go uh, and and go to the Little League World Series. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, boy. Um... Or how do you feel about the Washington... Because this is, this is from... Uh, a guy that has written this column, uh, he also suggested, how about the Washington State coach uh, stepping up and saying, look, we won the game on a really wild set of circumstances. I think we should say to Little League that both teams should advance. That would be the right thing to do. Well, he can say that, but right. it's not he's not going to be his decision. No, it's, it's not yeah. his decision. Yeah, it's the Little League World Series. Um, boy, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hate for the kids to get cheated out of an opportunity. Uh, I don't know how much that would mess things up. Yeah, in you terms can't of just add extra, extra teams, teams to a bracket yeah, and right. all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I don't know how difficult that would be. Uh, you know, you want to say, okay, that's 
you know, you learn in life, sometimes you don't always get what you deserve mm -hmm. in a positive way or a negative way. You mm -hmm. don't always get what you deserve. But at the same time, I don't want to take it away from those kids. I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime chance that was stolen from them. No doubt. And um, possibly stolen from them. We don't know that they were going to win the game. Yeah. It was tied. Yeah. They could have lost it. I mean, the next guy could hit a home run anyway. We, we don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a bad deal. And one thing I have noticed about Little League World Series over the year, and I, and I hate to be this way because, I mean, I, I just know it's not the level of umpiring that we see in higher level games, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, in college and in the pros. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. We are halfway through the month. Well, at noon today, we will, because there's 31 days in August, and today's the 15th, okay? Wouldn't that mean that we have completed 14 and a half days? Okay, maybe maybe tomorrow at noon. Okay. So I think tomorrow at noon would be 15 and a half. Okay. That would be like you get into the middle of the fourth. Okay. And you can say we're halfway, <laughs> halfway home, through, in, the, halfway home, home in this one. <laughs> halfway through it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's Jeff McGuire with a stay in sports history. It's too early to do that kind of math. 1912, <laughs> Yankees Guy Zinn. Zinn. Z-I-N-N. Okay. Sets a record by stealing home twice in a single game. That's impressive. That is. <laughs> Once I, wonder if, I wonder if there were straight steals or double steals. But that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. 1925. White Sox Dickie Kerr makes his first appearance since winning two games in the World Series in 1919. Ah! Was he one of those that were... Suspended? He was not one of the ones that's accused of cheating. Okay. But uh, he was on that team. Um, he's actually the one that uh, gets the win in game three, I believe it was, and then again in game six. Okay, wow. That's... The only two wins they got in the series. Okay. But the fact that he went from 1919 to 1925 without making a start. <laughs> 1939, the first night... <laughs> Take two. First night game at baseball's Comiskey Park in Chicago. White Sox beat the Browns 5-2. to two. 1964, Mayor Richard Daly declares Ernie Banks Day in Chicago. His honor. 1974, the longest team trampoline bouncing marathon. This is a team of six. Okay. Jumping on a trampoline for 1,248 hours. It's, roughly 52 days. It seems like the 70s were when you kind of had those Guinness Book of World Record kind of things. You know, when the Guinness Book would come out, you know, and uh -huh. you'd like look for something that you could have a world record in. So six people on top of each other jumped for, would you say? No, no, no. It's days? a it's rotate. Like one person would be in and then like they'd have two people in to have the one person come out. Team trampling. So for one person days. at a time. And it but was one person constantly jumping in there for 52 days is the way I understand it. And then there's, <laughs> there's records like that where you're like, okay, so you weren't doing anything special. <clears throat> you just all decided to... Jumped. Yeah. I mean, you just Six people all... jumping in a trampoline for, for 52 days? No, 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 no. One person at a time. But constantly. Is that difficult? One person at a time? No, no, it's yeah, not. But doing, you just but, all decided, but, hey, we're gonna just rotate but, through but this. But rotating for twenty-four being, hours a day for fifty-two days. That's, I mean, that's okay. sounds like somebody needs okay. something to do. I mean, I'm not saying this is the <laughs> most athletic achievement in sports. You do you. Uh, no, this side of the room, completely unimpressed. Okay, <laughs> you be unimpressed. You be unimpressed. Are you be impressed? You be impressed. I'm gonna go with unimpressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm just. I'm gonna go with get a life. What oh, there's you? definitely a get a life. Yeah, there's definitely a get a life in well, there. For what? My guess Just is, so you could be in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yes, because I think it... I it, mean, we could accomplish this if we didn't have jobs, too. The three of us could rotate I'm through. sure these were like 13, 14, 15-year-olds. And again, in the 70s, it just seemed like when that Guinness Book of World Records book came out every year in the library, you'd go... You'd go, you'd go check it out and go, okay, what can I get a world record in? Because they had like world records in pennies... 
Even if it's stacked. completely like no skill whatsoever, what can I get a record in? How can I get my name in the book? Yeah, that's, that's just that's, like searching for fame, even though you have no skill. I mean, there were people that would have like the longest fingernail that would be in there, or the tallest man in the world, or and they were nasty, gross. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no question. <laughs> well, the tallest the fingernail man in the world one, not the, the tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. just tall. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. no question. But I mean, All right. I, I, so I have full on jerk Jamie this morning, apparently. Yeah, right. I just. No, no. You're, and there's, again, if they were like on top of each other or something. Like six at a time. Like there was skill, or, I mean, that would be cool. You know, if they bounced on top of each other's heads for six hours, I would say, wow, that's incredibly cool. That one person jumped in a trampoline mm-hmm. and they all had no life for 52 days and just right. rotated Again, through. Again, I'm guessing these were. Probably, I'm going with unimpressed. I'm guessing these were 12 to 13 year olds that needed something. Even to do. less impressive. They should be able <laughs> to do that. They didn't have phones then, Jamie, that they could look at. <laughs> they were at least doing something. They were at least active. Hey, they were active for 52 yeah. straight days. They were active. Yeah, that's fair. They were active. That's fair. They were playing video games. They were okay. on their phone. All right, I changed my mind. I'm impressed now. <laughs> Uh, no, let's see where I was at. 1989. Uh, in the second start since his cancer treatment, mm. Dave Drabecki yep. breaks his pitching arm while throwing to Tim Raines. <sighs> Just such a sad story, uh, Dave Drabecki. Uh-huh. He ended up losing his arm. Yep. Now he's a motivational speaker. Yeah. And 1993, Nolan Ryan. Gets win number 324. And if you look at the history books. That's it? This is the last one he would get. Rangers 4, Indians 1. His next start was in Seattle at the Kingdom. And that's when he tore the muscle that ended his season. And that was his last appearance. And the Kingdom sat, what, 50 some odd thousand seats or more? Okay. And so what they did was they put tickets on sale after Ryan's appearance, and you could buy them, and I have a pair of those tickets that were unused because clearly it was not in Seattle, but Seattle made a little money off of uh, Nolan Ryan's last last appearance. <laughs> okay. Because of a famous birthday today, mm-hmm. it is National Lemon Meringue Pie Day. Really? Thanks to Julia Child. Julia Child? Really? Uh, Happy birthday to Jennifer Lawrence, who's 32. Joe Jonas is 33. Ben Affleck is 50. Boban Maravanich is 35. And Gary Kubiak is 61. Wow. And I got a couple of news from this day in history history. A couple of travel-related ones. The Atlantic and Pacific Oceans were connected in 1912 with the opening of the Panama Canal. Currently, a ship of 370.33 meters can fit through the locks today. The largest U.S. naval ship, which is basically the Nimitz-class aircraft carriers, Mm -hmm. are 333 feet. I wonder why they limited that. (laughs) Hmm. So now positive travel. Now we get to stop travel, right? Okay. 1961. East Germany authorities begin building a wall. Mm. The Berlin Wall to permanently close off access to the West. For the next 28 years, the heavily fortified Berlin Wall stood as the most tangible symbol of the Cold War. A literal iron curtain for people heading to Europe. And then Ronald Reagan... Famously said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Your Nixon is so much better than your, your Reagan. That was pretty I good, though. I thought it was good. That was pretty good, I though. I thought it was really that good. That was pretty good. I felt like the energy and the passion was there with it. I mean, yeah. you really, really I mean, you it. were all in. I was all in. It was good. I liked Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> and that's this day in sports history. Uh, the other thing about Dave Dravecki in 1989, so he breaks his arm on this day. And the Giants go on to win the National League Championship Series. And during the celebration, Trevecki breaks his arm again because it was thought that he might be able to pitch in the World Series. But during the celebration of, uh, of that elation going to the World Series, his arm breaks again. Mm. And, you know, it, uh, 
and obviously he, the, the, there were, he had cancer and, and that took his, ended up taking his arm. But like Jeff said, he's, he's found a way to make some lemonade out of the, out of the lemon of life. So people good, who can do that friend. are impressive. No doubt. Uh, somebody says this chuckles. Your impressions are creepy this morning. I thought it was good. Not as creepy as uh, Harry Carey the other night. Did you did you catch any of the uh, Field of Dreams game? I did not. Well, so the seventh inning stretch, they had Harry Carey, uh, kind of a hologram uh, looking kind of thing. Singing, take me out to the ball game. Singing, take me out to the ball game. Presumably with Harry's voice. Let me hear you good and loud. That's not very good. <laughs> You've done better. I've done better. Okay. Anyway. You need a few Budweiser's to make it really <laughs> right, work. Right. You know, maybe that is the trick to doing oh, a good yeah, Harry yeah. I'm wild. <clears throat> okay, stop. What was the previous record of the uh, jumping? Something. 51 days? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you don't know? Because nobody cares. Because it's unimpressive. Uh, somebody says this. I don't think Chuck could bounce for more than 15 minutes. He'd get bored and just go do something else. He would be the one that we would struggle to keep off his phone for 52 minutes. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right. Your question, sir. All right, Chuck, Jeff and our fine listening audience today. Specifically, you two. I don't want you to... I'm kind of giving you a break here. I'm taking you off the hook a little bit. I don't want your personal answer. Mm -hmm. But I want you to give me the feel of the fan base. Okay? Texas Tech fan base. Over the moon. You have three head coaches in your your big three men's sports. Mm -hmm. Football, basketball, and baseball that I think right now are a trio of guys that are as loved and appreciated as maybe any time you've ever had a trio together here at Texas Tech. Is that fair? I mean, is it at least in the conversation of that? Absolutely. Okay. All right, so I'm going to ask you the difficult question of thinking like the fan base. Mm -hmm. If you were rating where you think the fan base has their favorites, Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, one, two, and three. Where do you think they would fall in? Okay, uh, I I think right now because we're on the cusp of this football season and the enthusiasm that he has generated throughout the entire community and has yet to coach a game, I, I think it's I think it's Joey McGuire, uh, heads and butt tails above Mark Adams and Tim Tadlock. I think Coach Adams is second, and Coach Tadlock is a close, very close third. Okay. I think those. I think it's. I think it's a, a one separation, and then two, three, boom, boom, depending on which sport you like the best. Yep, that, that would factor into it. Mm-hmm. Um, this has the biggest chance to change, but I'm going to say Mark Adams one, Coach McGuire two, Tim Tadlock a distant third. Only because you didn't have the success this past season that the fan base necessarily was looking for. The fan base what? That wasn't necessarily looking for. You didn't make it to Omaha this past year. And, and that's kind of how he's traded. Shame on you. You didn't make I, it to Omaha. I didn't say it was fair. I know. But that's how his... The, didn't Mark have Adams isn't graded for not making the, the Final Big Four. 12 or, you know, right. made it to the postseason again. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. it's... You know, I think the other thing too that that does factor in here is the personality differences between the three. Uh, I think yep. I think Coach Adams and Coach Tadlock are closer in personality per se. No question. And Coach McGuire, I mean, he appeals to the masses because of of what he's been, what he's had to do. The fact that he hasn't won or lost a big game yet uh, also factors into it. Um, or a small game at this point, or a small game, or any <laughs> game. I mean, and and so I think that 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 plays a, a large degree of it. Uh, but I think it, at least right now, I think the one thing you are spot on about. Because I'm trying to think, you know, you know, there have been times when you had coaches that were, you know, had done very well, like when you had, you know, Coach Knight and Coach Leach both coaching at the same time. But man, 
he had quite a dichotomy there of you know personalities and style and that's a big word. Now also Coach Hayes at that time, and also Coach Hayes at that time, who was beloved. Mm-hmm. He was beloved. There was yeah. a, there was a time that there was a billboard in town when you had four Southwest Conference champion coaches. You had Coach Dykes, you had Coach Dickey, you had Coach Sharp, and you had Coach Hayes. Yeah. That was a pretty good grouping, but yeah. I think even I think even at that point in time, people were there was question marks about Coach Dykes because that year they won the Southwest Conference, A and M wasn't eligible to win it, and you had a chance to win it outright and didn't at TCU, and and I don't know, there there it wasn't like it is today where it's like, man, it's over the moon, as Jeff said, I think is is accurate. Where are you at, Jamie? I am at, uh, I think, 100% your, the sport factors in here, and I think 100% the personality factors in here. There's no question that you have more football fans than you have anything, mm-hmm. and there's no question that there is a bigger personality there with Joey McGuire. Okay? Yeah. So I agree that Joey McGuire is first on the list. I think Tim Tadlock is second on the list, okay. and I think Mark Adams is third on the list. But you think those two and three are pretty close together, or you think there's a separation between two and three? Um, yeah, I guess they're probably pretty close. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're pretty close. I don't know how big the separation is between McGuire and the other two. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there was a large one. I don't, I don't know that I buy into it being that big. Um, I just think the he's. He's reaching, so to speak, more fans because there are plenty of Texas Tech fans that just aren't into college baseball, right? Mm -hmm. There's probably some Texas Tech football fans that just aren't into college basketball. There's going to be more into basketball than baseball, but, I mean, that's a big part of it. And then I think I just feel like Tim Tadlock and, and Mark Adams can do what they do, but they don't bring the entire fan base together like a winning football team would and like Joey Joey McGuire has the potential to do and so that I continue to to feel like McGuire's personality and then the sport he coaches even though he's not won a single game yeah, right. okay right. right now I mean he's the he's the pretty new girl he's he's the darling yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. he's the pretty new girl he's the new girl on yeah. campus who we, yeah. we don't know yet but we we all think we want to date yeah. her but she, yeah. we don't know yet. Yeah, and she could I, be. I mean, not good. Jeff's point, as much as it, I mean, makes me want to throw something at him, is valid in that. Oh, you didn't have the success. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just. I mean, you were terrible. You were horrible. The I bar mean, is set. I mean, you were in the top fifteen all year long. Right. Man, what an embarrassment of a program. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's what it feels like. No. Okay, to our fans, you know. And, I mean, and 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 basketball and the, and the and the basketball fans now the the new ones uh, you know basically get interested when you make the Sweet Sixteen which right. oh by the way you've only made oh, a handful of those yeah, yeah. I think they're still in before the Sweet no, Sixteen no 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 but I'm just saying you could win seven football games and people would be like ecstatic you know overwhelming success and you know if you, if you get ousted in the first round of the NCAA tournament then now it's a failure season sure yeah. Sure. Yeah, now it's a failure season. Yeah. Somebody wants you to repeat your exact question. Where do I think the fan base rates the three head coaches yeah. in order as far as their favorites? Not who's done the best job, because yeah. obviously Joey McGuire would have to be last if you yeah. were doing that, but just as your favorite and taking into account everything, you know, where you think they're going to have the program or what they've done, but just how much you – I mean, the personality of Joey McGuire is – it's a lot of fun, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it gets people excited. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mark Adams and Tim Tadlock aren't that guy. You know, Th- they get people excited by their teams winning on the court. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, yeah, and, Mark and Adams I think looks like an accountant on the sideline. Yeah, you know? and I think there's been passion for our men's basketball program because of the drama that's been with our men's basketball program. And guess what? Baseball doesn't have. Drama. Doesn't have any drama. The same coaching staff, just same kinda, guys. They just keep winning. They just keep winning. Okay. And keep putting and you in, they, in really good position. Yeah. There's, they don't have the drama that draws people's interest. Yeah. Uh, here's a couple things from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, first, this this person is responding to me. Wrong. Uh, horrible take. Okay. 
<laughs> How do you know they were responding to you? Because it, it was almost immediately after I spoke okay. my words. Wrong. Horrible take. Uh, somebody else has uh, McGuire 1, Tadlock 2, and Adams 3. That was, that was my guess. Uh, somebody else says Adams is 1 for sure, Chuck. Joey is fun but hasn't won games yet. Okay. Adams, Tadlock, and McGuire a distant third because he hasn't even coached yet. I'm surprised to hear Adams at number one from so many people. Adams, McGuire, Tadlock from Red Raider 2 Guns. Many people go to football games as a social event, not true football fans. Very few attend follow football slash baseball that aren't true fans. Okay. Now... Coach McGuire wins six games this year, mm-hmm. has a winning home record. Mm-hmm. I think he leaps to number one with a rocket, and with no one's rocket. catching him. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for the boom, boom, boom. Here is Jamie Lynn. All right, Corey Siegel doubled twice, scored twice including the tie-breaking run in the seventh. Rangers beat the Mariners 5-3 yesterday. Claimed a three-game series win. Rangers tonight begin the series with the A's at home. You can hear it here on Double T 97.3, starting with a 6.30 pregame start. Cowboys and the Broncos Saturday night at uh, Mile High. Uh, Dak Prescott did not start in this game. Cowboys fall 17-7. Cooper Rush was 12 of 20 for 84 yards uh, through a interception. And I thought this guy was gone and lost forever, but remember Ben DiNucci? He's still around for the Dallas Cowboys. He went 9 of 16, 112 yards through a touchdown pass. The problem for the Cowboys, which was a problem last year, penalties. This is dreadful. 17 flags, okay? For 129 yards. 17. Bear in mind, aside from those 17, the Cowboys ran 64 official plays. So almost a third of their other plays were penalties. Yeah, well, all 17 were on offense? Well, that's no, that's, that's you're right. No, I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I'm wrong. Still a lot. Still a lot. Okay, yeah. so 17 penalties. How about that? Yeah. But... Bottom line is they got to get that cleaned up. So yeah, but not all of them are on on uh, offense. You're right. I bet the majority were though. I was just seeing if you were alert this morning. You okay. are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, my you're bad. Fine. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. <laughs> all right, Christian uh, Javier threw six shutout innings. Alex Bregman hit a two-run homer. Stroh swept the A's, taking yesterday's finale six to three. Astros will battle the White Sox coming up tonight. You can hear that one on 100.7. The score first pitch just after 7. I watched a little bit of this game and, and I'll be honest, I wasn't like watching with my NFL, you know, inspector gadget eyes on. Uh, just What's you know, the deal there? Analyzing every play. Oh, I was working around the house. But the head of the NFL Players Association is has now come out and has asked for the National Football League to reevaluate what is an acceptable surface? This is after there was a lot of criticism about the playing surface at Soldier Field, uh, filled with noticeable divots and patches of missing grass. It is a grass field. Apparently, the field conditions became so noticeable that J.C. Treader, the president of the NFL Players Association, took to Twitter to question why the league allowed the Bears and the Chiefs to perform on a surface in such a poor, visible state. Uh, the NFL said that the league that the field met minimum testing standards. Yeah, I, I, I guess I wonder. Okay, you're the head of the NFL Players Association. You have access to anybody at the National Football League that you need to. Why do you have to go to Twitter? Why can't you make that phone call either, you know, after the game or first thing this morning, as opposed to, I mean, I, I get standing up for the players and all that. I get, sure. I get, I get all that. But it's kind of like, okay, if you're <laughs> if you're being a good partner, what wouldn't you just want to call them and yeah. hey, let's get this worked out? Yes. I mean, are you trying to solve the problem or are you just trying to create drama between the two sides? You have to ask yourself that question. What's the win there? Right. right? Yes. What's the win? Yes. So 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree that it's good that they're trying to protect the players and all that. So why not give them a call and say, hey, guys, we got to look at this. Mm-hmm. Now, if they have give you no answers and say, no, that field is fine, blah, 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 then maybe you go yeah. to Twitter to put the pressure on them. But initially, no, I think you go to them and say, hey, we got we got to figure this out. This one, to, yeah. Just blasting out there yeah, on we're Twitter. Gonna, you yeah, know. we're going to get our players hurt that help you know your ratings in the league and sure. all this kind yeah. of stuff and i mean i mean patrick mahomes was on that field i mean it's got to be right 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 that's exactly I mean, it's the bears coach the bears coach to his credit said this i'm yeah. new here so i don't know the situations but i know the guys are trying to do their best and the playing surface was passed by the nfl for us to be on i thought it was firm and it was good so that's where we'll leave it at mm-hmm. so i mean again what they do play on missouri's turf <laughs> no, apparently Elton John performed there like eight days ago, and um, some of the grass got a little torn up. And so, who knows? I'm sure that'll be fine. But again, my point is, like what you just said, that guy, it's not like that guy doesn't have access to the commissioner's phone number. Yeah. Call the commissioner. Yeah. Call somebody. Call somebody with the, with, the, with the league that can do that and say, hey, we got to do a better job here as opposed to putting everybody on blast. Yeah. We're no. quick to put everybody on blast in this that world. That is well said, Jeff. And that is the boom, boom, boom this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Okay. Uh, Scott has asked this question off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, and it's it's a question that's come up before. Um with regard to the quarterback situation, do you think all three quarterbacks will stay once the starters announce? Well, yes, because it's it's too late to transfer now. Uh, the question would be maybe after the season, uh, and then it kind of depends on maybe how the season goes. Um, and, and look, uh, it, it's been a long time since Patrick Mahomes was a junior that you've gone the whole season with the same quarterback starting every game. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, you knock on wood, you don't want anybody hurt. But I think it also depends on how those quarterbacks are used and how they're employed and maybe how they're coached that we don't even see, uh, which sometimes communications or lack thereof is why somebody leaves as well, whether it's a job or a football team. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Tyler Shuck has already used the transfer, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, can he transfer again without penalty? Well, depending on if they pass this new deal, which they're rumored to be doing so that you can just go at any time. I wouldn't guess that way that he would, but I, I don't know. If you're Baron Morton or you're Donovan Smith, um, I, I guess I asked this question. If you stayed throughout the course of this semester, finished the fall, mm-hmm. and then decided I'm going to transfer, you could still transfer at that point and be eligible to play next fall, right? Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be an advantage to leaving now unless, I guess, you get – you get to your new program and you practice with them all fall. So I guess that would be an advantage, but I mean, you're not going to play. So it seems to me like they would stay throughout the fall, but is there a possibility that one of them would leave at the end of, uh, end of the fall? Sure. And I would tell you that in, for the rest of time, at the end of every semester, you're probably going to be in danger of losing a quarterback or players. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying definitely the the quarterback yeah. position is what mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yes, players, but the Specific, a quarterback. Yeah. Sure, yeah. it's going to happen. If you have two that are about the same age, because it's one thing if there's a freshman not starting and the senior is, and okay, well, I'll wait my time for a year and then it'll be my job for three years. Okay, that's different. But if you have two guys that are about the same age and one is clearly taking the job, it's going to happen. It is absolutely going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's why you just keep loading up with quality recruits. You just you got to keep adding one every year, and that's just I mean that's the way it's going to be. It's the nature of the beast. So it is, speak. especially with that position. Because again, if you don't win the starting cornerback job, you're still going to play some. If you don't win the starting quarterback job, there's a good chance you might not see the field for months and months at a time, or maybe never the mm-hmm. whole season. You know, unless it's in mop up duty. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a different deal, and I think you're always going to have that question out there. And and then, you know, for the person that's number two, uh, that person is going to say, well, I mean, if one falters, then I'm in. It's, uh, the, it's the number three spot that you kind of look at and go, okay, what's my avenue for success here? You know, if, I, if I'm not, 
if I'm not at least the backup, you know, mm-hmm. do, do, do I do I still have an opportunity here or do I need to go somewhere else? I think another thing that's going to factor into all these transfers in, in one way or another is um, this NIL or PFP money. See what I did there? <laughs> PFP, play for pay for play. Yeah, okay. Okay. So is the next school going to give you what your current school is giving you? In other words, or can you improve at your next school? Can you make more at your next school? But if you if you have not won the starting job and you're a guy that's looking for the next opportunity, you know, the money may not be there where you are in your current state, whether it's here or somewhere else, if that's important to you. I refuse to allow my mind to worry about that. Okay. It should be about, do you want to compete? Do you want I'm, the job? I'm, All the above. I'm, I'm, not how am I going to make the most money in college? I, I understand that. But I'm just yeah. saying that's going to be, that, that potentially yeah. is going to be a factor. Yeah. And I don't care. Okay. If you want to leave because you're getting more money somewhere no, no, no. else, I'm man, saying, what I'm saying and, is, and not you don't leaving. really care about being here, be gone with you. It's it's pack it's, your bags now. It's basically not leaving yeah. because you can't get more somewhere else, whereas you still have your money here, plus you have opportunity here or somewhere else. I think that is going to be it's going to be interesting. But the only thing that's keeping you here is the money. I don't particularly want you either. Okay. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. I hope you're off to a good start to your Monday morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. I feel like that we have uh, started the proceedings well uh, for a Monday and uh, hope that you uh, are off to a great start as well. We come to you, Jamie Lint, Jeff McGuire, and I from the First United Bank Double T 97.3 studio and look forward to hearing about your Thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. We'll have uh, Astros baseball on the air for you tonight. They're coming off a sweep over the weekend. They take on the Chicago White Sox tonight. 640 the broadcast time on 100.7 the score. Astros, best team in the American League. I know they got ahead of your Yankees the other day. They're blowing by them. I don't know about. Well, I guess blowing. They're yeah. starting to. It's yeah, what one, a couple games now. One team heading in one direction and one team heading the other. You're you're really concerned about the Yankees, aren't you? I'm concerned. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm just disgusted. Disgusted. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, this for the last whatever, however many years, it's been a. A uh, story of hey we're really good in the regular season and then we get to the postseason and we can't score and uh, now we're just I mean this Hall of Fame record breaking first half mm-hmm. and me being the pessimist that I am is just like okay when's when's it all, when when are we gonna watch them fall apart and we're watching it right before our eyes I didn't even wait to get to the postseason so <laughs> <laughs> well maybe. Yeah. Maybe they'll get it out of their system. They just can't score. They were they were impressive this weekend. Every bit of five runs in a three-game series. <laughs> and yeah, That's nice. Yeah, I know. Against a team that's basically quit on the season. They're uh, 10 up on the Blue Jays, 11 up on the Tampa Bays, and 12 and a half up on uh, Baltimore. Yeah, just just none, of it, none of it's going to matter because you can't score. Mm-hmm. Unless Aaron Judge hits a home run, you can't score. Let's mm-hmm. play for that three-run homer more. Yeah. Yeah. Yankees are 72 and 43. Astros are 75 and 41. Uh, you talk about no pennant races. Man, you have one in the central, but, you know, Cleveland's now up two and a half on Minnesota and uh, the Chicago White Sox, who are 59 and 56. They're three games above 500, but, I mean, they, they have a hard time scoring more than their opponents. In fact, they're negative now. They're negative 14 of, uh, in the run differential. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh, the Yankees who lead the East and lead the American League in run differential at 201. Yeah, what's, the, it, what's it for the last month? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. you, you make a great point. Uh, the Dodgers, who came one game short of a sweep over Kansas City over the weekend, they lead the majors with a run differential of plus 247. Uh, San Diego is uh, 16 games behind the Dodgers. 16, and they're 14 games up over 500. 
But they lost Fernando Tatis over the weekend, I guess Friday, uh, because of a PED use that he says was inadvertent that he was taking. It's always inadvertent, right? Mm. It's always like a mistake. It's always... And his general manager and I think his manager as well both came out and said that he needs to be more mature. So... Yeah, they're not backing him at all. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like they have been for a while. Um, Just... I mean, obviously an uber-talented player, but uh, I just don't think he's much of a teammate. Uh, don't care for his style and the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wearing on guys in that organization. He got popped for 80 games, so that's going to take part of next year as well. Yeah. Uh, because uh, they've played, what, 114, so they've got basically, I'm doing the quick math in my head here, 38 or so games left to play this year. So he'll miss the first 40 or so of next year. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they paid him an awful lot of money uh, sure. to stay with that organization. And um, it just, it, it goes back to, it goes back to anything, whether it's packing your bag when you're in a foreign country to uh, what you're putting into your body. Um, if, if you were a, highly specialized uh, professional athlete you you have just got to be aware of, of what you're doing yeah i don't think that's the story here. and i don't either and or 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 you have to be more respectful of the others of what of the organization that's paying you um to be prepared um to not take that kind of stuff and maybe you just feel like that you need it in order to do what you're doing too who knows yeah i mean this is truly a sorry about sorry about your moment. I mean, yeah. He did this to himself. He did, and he and he knows it. And he knows it. Um, you know the other quote pennant race uh, that's going on in baseball is in the central of the National League as well. Uh, St. Louis leads Milwaukee by a game and a half. Uh, Chicago, the Cubs are fifteen and a half back. Uh, the Mets lead Atlanta by five and a half, but the Braves are rolling as they're seven and three in their last ten. But the Mets are eight and two. Now, it'll be really interesting to see um, once the Mets get into postseason play and how they're, how they're managed because they, their managers had a tendency to kind of have the collar get around his throat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So wouldn't it be interesting if the Mets and the Astros – I mean, I know, I know you don't want this, but wouldn't it be interesting if the Mets and the Astros got into the World Series – and uh, I think that would be an interesting one. One of those two skippers would finally get one. There you go. Okay. Somebody would have to win. Somebody would have they, to win. They both can't mess it up. <laughs> both can't mess it up. <laughs> Probably go seven games because they both did mess it up. I don't know. I mean, both of them have won a lot of games. So clearly there's some. I go Dusty Baker in that matchup. I think he would mess up less. Okay. Um, it's quite. It's quite possible. He's definitely more likable as far as I'm Oh, 100%. Concerned. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, 8.08 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, if you were guessing, would Josh Young get called up before September, or do you think it's after September? I guess he'll, we'll see him in the big leagues this year. I, w- I think I'd probably say after September. First. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you're probably... Uh, I think you're probably spot on uh, with regard to that. Um, and in the wild card race, there's there certainly is a wild card race. There's a bunch of teams that are involved, but you know when you when you look at the American League, even Boston, which is having a dreadful season, and they're two games under 500, they're four and a half out of a wild card spot. Yeah, crazy. They got like eight teams in front of them, but they're still in it. They're still in it. I mean. No. You know, I mean, Toronto leads by a game, and then uh, Seattle leads Tampa Bay by a half, and then Baltimore's game and a half back. Minnesota's a couple back. White Sox are a couple back. White Sox, if they don't make postseason play, is this it for Tony La Russa? Your lips to God's ears. Your lips to God's ears. Okay. Specifically in Jerry Reinsdorf. In Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, let, make sure he hears you say that. Yeah, please. A pathetic, miserable, garbage, giantly underperforming. I could keep going, but we're running out of time. Okay, well, um, 
There, there you go, man. Uh, and then in the uh, in the National League, the wild card race is uh, it, it also is is somewhat tight. Uh, you got uh, Atlanta that leads San Diego by you know five and a half games. San Diego's the number two team. They lead Philly by a half game. Milwaukee's a game and a half back. Um, so San Francisco's six back. So really. Really, it's kind of a, a two-team race for four spots. It's a it's a four-team race for two spots is what it is in the mm-hmm. National League, and the American League gets much more, uh, much more of a uh, a race than uh, than not. Eight ten this morning on the morning drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T ninety seven three. We'll talk some tech basketball next. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the morning drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Uh, Gus went to the Sod Poodles game uh, over the weekend, uh, Friday night. So, um, interesting to see his his take on that and Josh Young and all that. That I don't know if Josh played. He didn't play in that game, did he? No, he's, they went to watch. A, um, I think the Cardinals' number one prospect. Oh, the Cardinals' number Cardinals' yeah. number one prospect. So, okay. you know, he went to watch. Get a Josh get a, is at Triple A. Sorry. Get a look at him. Yeah. That's a double A. That's a double A deal. Get a look at him. So he'll yeah. he'll give you the breakdown. <laughs> Gus will, Gus will I think Gus has seen Josh before, so I no, no, no. He'll give you the breakdown on the new guy. Oh, uh, sure. You know, yeah, because we're all dying to know about the Cardinals' number one prospect. Well, I hope, I, but he'll, <laughs> but he'll give it. He'll, he'll give it. He'll give it to you. I mean, if you, Gus has got so much baseball knowledge; it's so incredibly impressive. Yeah, there, you're right. I mean, I mean that dude is. It just oozes out of him. It does, man. It just. I mean, even when he just doesn't even think mm-hmm. about it, it's just. You know, oh yeah, you got this guy here, this guy here, this guy here. Yeah, plus he's got like three career college home runs. Oh. Maybe it was eight. He laughs at himself about. It. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if it was eight or three. I don't know, but he showed me video of some of them. Is that right? It's pretty cool. It's yeah. it's like uh, the Rangers play by play guy CJ, whatever his name is. The Mikowski. TV. Yeah, he was talking about the the Rangers call up called up this kid the other day and their their new phenom and uh he got a base hit and he's like he was like <clears throat> one more and he's tied with me <laughs> <laughs> one more and he's tied yeah, with me well, nikowski was a pitcher so, right right yeah, so in, yeah. in his defense right yeah that's funny but that was but that was pretty jamie was you, cool. you did miss friday where we had a pitcher be the pitch hitter and get a home run in a game he wasn't pitching. In this day in sports history. In this day in sports history. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember who it was? Not off the top of my head, no. I, I just remember the event and like, oh, Jamie's going to wish he was here for this. Mm-hmm. It was somebody you'd go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But it was like um, 1996 or something like oh, that. Oh, it was before. It was like 87, 88. Well, when I heard the name, I, I remembered that particular pitcher being a pretty good hitter. Okay. But the name escapes me. Okay. A Texas Tech basketball. I guess you could still do that now. Sure. You could pinch hit a hit a pitcher. Sure. As most managers aren't going to do that, but you could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, Texas Tech released its basketball roster. They didn't, like, send out a communique or anything. It's just on uh, TexasTech.com. And you can you can take a look at that. And there's a lot of new names, and there's a couple of familiar names, <laughs> and there's some there's some returners, and then there's some uh, guys that aren't on the team, like Clarence Nodoni. Mm-hmm. He's not uh, is not coming back uh, to Texas Tech this year. Doesn't Lamar Washington sound like a five A school in the Metroplex? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like he should be a football, and he's six four. He's two oh five. Uh, he's from Portland, Oregon, by way of Arizona Compass. Um, Kevin O'Banner will be back. That's probably the the bell cow, right? Of this, of, of those that are coming back. I mean, if you were putting money, I, I would think you would guess him to be your leading scorer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you got uh, you've got uh, Daniel Bacho, who's coming back. He's 6'11". I'd like to see him put on a little weight. He's at 235, but maybe they're, they're working on that as well. Um, 
so that's that's pretty cool um and then you also have uh, malik Andigo, who's who's back uh, malik is a senior um listed as a senior i think he's got another year of eligibility left because what tech has done is they've advanced everybody and then if you get to be super senior status then you'll be listed as a super senior okay so that's how he's classified um so malik Andigo is back um, so super he left he played he left and he came back yeah this is the first right I guess no, Sammy Morris. Yeah. yeah, he didn't go to another school though. Sammy just didn't play college. Dakota football. Allen. Dakota Allen. Yeah, played for a junior college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Leaving wasn't Malik actually to, his choice though. Malik played at Rice, and now he's back with us. He's, now he's back with us. Oh, this college sports <laughs> thing is so. It's, it's, it's like he never left, Jamie. It's like he. It's like he. It's like he never. It's like he, it's, neck, he never it's left. Just, he's like the Billy Martin of Texas Tech basketball. Davion Harmon. Uh, let's hope not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe at least on the field but not you know yeah no behavior-wise. i just meant that he left and came back right. that's what i meant right. i didn't right. say he was a drunk no i just <laughs> or a bad oh, or bad, a jerk or a bad person right yes uh who are you excited to see of the new guys are you excited to see davion Harmon? you excited to see um the big guy fardar's m amac amac yeah they list him at 6'11". I'm going to have to have a conversation with Coach Adams. Oh, yes. Let's be honest. You're going to have a conversation with Coach Adams no matter what. I, I'm i going to talk to him about listing him as 7 foot. And Check. Like, what if he's 6'10", and they're listing him as 6'11"? What is he in his sneakers? Okay. Maybe he's 6'10". What is he? We've had this We've had this before with mm-hmm. you know, Davon. Chuck, Crabbe. I understand your point. Mm-hmm. My question still stands. What if he's actually 6'10", and they list him as 6'11"? I, I happen to have uh, a tape measure in my car, in my trunk, okay? Fairly certain they have a more accurate one there. Um, I, I'm going to get it out, and we're going to measure in his in his sneakers, Daniel Bacho and Amac. Can I have one of those moments with you where, like, we're, we're tight, and that so I can be honest with you? Sure. Okay? Don't if you go to Coach Adams... Mm-hmm. Or any of his coaches and mm-hmm. question that, mm-hmm. they're probably going to think you're a bit of a buffoon. I'm just going to talk to him from about a marketing standpoint and how how good that would be to have a how that in, that's imposing when you have a seven footer on the roster. It's like the guy that throws the 99 mile fastball. You want him? Hey, he throws a hundred. Like then that's that will be my initiative with Coach Tadlock or um, his group. If you got a kid that they list as a 99 mile an hour fastballer, uh, let's list him at 100 because that's more imposing. That was a really good moment there. I'm glad you <laughs> took my advice. Glad you... I ran right through that red light. It's like talking to my kids. I wonder which one of the coaches would be most. Uh, I think Corey Williams would be uh, would be open to that kind of you know conversation. It's not that they're open to mm-hmm. it. It's just that they're polite guys. Yeah, and they don't say. I have way more important things to worry about. Not right now. Than how a guy is listed on the I roster. I mean, they've got everybody. They've got their roster. They want to get them in. Get get them in. They've got them probably in their apartments. They're I think working they do. Out. I think we need Corey Williams recruiting and and you know analyzing his players. And Coach Pinkins is back too. Remember that? Yes. He, and he left and came back. He there. You know, he went to Florida. And now he's back. Realize how nice it is here in Lubbock. Okay. All the above. Yeah. It says. Yes. So let them all know about that six eleven thing. Yeah, I think you should. Every maybe, one of them. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe Coach, you should tweet it out. Coach Cooper. Put it on Facebook. I'm going to do that. Mm, you like, should. Let's see if I can rally the troops a little <laughs> bit here. Mm-hmm. See what we can what we can come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pops Isaacs is uh, on the roster. I'm definitely excited about him. He yeah. looks like a, you know, uh, a guard that can get to the rim, but can shoot from the outside. A creator. Man, the kind of guy that you would have loved to have had on last year's team. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited about him. You ask me who I'm excited about. I'm always going to tell you the incomers okay. and not the transfers. You, you know, you know that. Sure. But uh, or the guys that are returning. Mm-hmm. But um, another guy that you would have loved to have had last year is is Ethan Duncan because yep. he can stretch the floor for you and just flat out shoot it. So no doubt. maybe a little bit. Um, he's an off the bench guy. He's un- a guy that can spark you, so yeah. to speak. Unheralded because he's not like he's a five star product or anything mm-hmm. like that. But 
a dude that can absolutely light it up. So I, I think, uh, man, he would he would have definitely helped you last year. So I'm excited about him. But there's no question, guys like Amac. I mean, with his size and athleticism and all that, he's gonna he's gonna help your basketball team. So um, that's that's exciting to to think about having a guy like that. I think Jalen uh, Tyson's gonna help you an awful lot too. I mean, sure. No, I've I've, I've uh, heard really good things about what he's looked like in practice and all that. So yeah, it's a fun roster. It's a fun roster. You got got a lot of veterans. Don't have a lot of guys that have been here for a long time, but you've got a lot of veter- veterans. Coach Adams did such a good job last year mm-hmm. blending all those guys together, and uh, he'll have that challenge again this year. And it seems like every basketball coach from now to eternity every year will have that same challenge. Yes, right, putting their team together. And yeah, right. no, yeah, each and every year. Yeah. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973com